0: What comes to mind when you think of love? Is it boxes of chocolate and bouquets of flowers? Is it the joyful laughter of children around the Christmas tree? Or is it the screams of a mother in the final stages of birth? The sweat of a baker carefully tending to his craft? Sometimes love is romantic, but most of the time it's not. Sometimes love is simple. At the same time, it requires sacrifice. Today, we're going to talk about love. The love we give and the love we receive, but above all, the love made manifest when God took on human flesh, then offered it to us as bread. I hope you taste the sweetness of that love in this meditation today. Welcome to Kitchen Meditations, a weekly podcast from Edible Theology where we examine the ways God meets us in the kitchen and at the table. I'm your host, Kendall Vanderslice. If you're hungry for a taste of God's hope and healing and the mundane tasks of your everyday life, then you've come to the right place. May these meditations bring you a bit of grounding as you prepare to eat today and every day. Let's get started with a little spiritual mise en place, a prayer to orient ourselves before we begin. In the professional kitchen, mise en place is the process of preparing your workspace for the dishes you're about to make. It involves measuring your ingredients and reading your recipe all the way through so that you can slow down and sense God's love while you cook. I like to think of it as a time to prepare my own mind and body as well, asking God to be present with me as I cook or as I bake. Our spiritual mise en place today is drawn from a hymn by Frederick Martin Lehman. Slow your breathing, and now as you breathe, repeat with me. Inhale. The love of God is greater far. Now as you exhale. Than tongue or pen can ever tell. Baking is backbreaking work. If you've ever agreed to bring a large number of cookies to a bake sale or make cupcakes for your child's entire elementary school, then you've probably got a small sense of how physically taxing it can be. For several years, I worked 12 hour shifts on my feet from 4 in the morning until dinner time, I walked up and down flights of stairs all day long, carrying 50-pound bags of flour and hot trays of bread. On several occasions, my body just gave up on me. I had seasons where I couldn't stand or even walk during my off hours. I had seasons that forced me to take a couple months off of work to heal. I had seasons where I swore I would never go back to those long hours again. Then I'd go back to them once more. Last Christmas, I hit my true breaking point. I started waking up each morning to numb hands and pain searing from my shoulders down my arms. My neck and back were so sore I could hardly move. After finishing my holiday baking, I was forced to close the bakery I ran. But even through the pain, I was gutted. I loved the work of baking. I loved the silence of the commercial kitchen late at night and early in the morning, the sound of the exhaust fans blowing while the rest of the world slept, and the sight of the sun rising out the back window. I loved feeling flour and butter and sugar transform in my hands, and I loved hearing others enjoy the fruits of my labor. This week is the fourth week of Advent, the theme of which is love. By now, I'm sure you've gathered that I won't fall for fluffy definitions of these Advent words or themes. Each one illuminates both the incredible brokenness of creation, as well as the profound goodness of God's commitment to healing. Perhaps none of these themes do so more pointedly than that of love. I'm fairly certain that is why it's the word for this final week leading up to Christmas. Love is costly. Love is laborious. And also, love is the root of all healing. I don't mean the giddy butterflies in your tummy kind of falling in love. Romantic love can fit within our definition here today, but it's not the only kind of love. Contrary to popular opinion, I would argue that we can live deeply satisfying lives without romance even if we might desire it. We can still love deeply and we can still be deeply loved. I mean the sort of love that runs so deep that its costliness pales in comparison to the fullness it offers. This love can be felt towards children, towards parents, towards pets, towards friends. It's the sort of love that affirms our belonging in this world. It's a love born out of community. And as such, it's a love that requires self-sacrifice through a commitment to others. But it's a love that comes with the knowledge that others have sacrificed for us as well. When I consider the intermingling of labor and love, I can't help but think of the story of Genesis 3. In this chapter, we read of Adam and Eve's consumption of forbidden fruit and the resulting curse spoken by God. "'I will greatly increase your pangs in childbearing,' God says to the woman. "'In pain you shall bring forth children.' And to the man, cursed is the ground because of you, and toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life. By the sweat of your face you shall eat your bread. I assume that if you've given birth before, you understand the ways that labor and pain commingle with love. Reading this passage, it's probably not hard for you to understand the gravity of God's words to Eve. If you long to give birth, but your body or your life's circumstances have not allowed it, you too understand the ache of brokenness here. In either circumstance, I imagine you also understand that this pain is made bearable, maybe even worth it, because of the power of love. Whether love for the children in your arms today, love for the children who've moved out of your home Love for the children you never got to hold, or the longing to love a child that may or may not ever be fulfilled. I have not given birth, but when I read this passage, I see the presence of love in another place too, one that might slip past most readers. It's in this passage that we first see bread introduced into the world. Now, it's possible the first humans consumed bread before this time, but as the story is written, until this moment, the humans survived by plucking and eating the fruits of the trees rather than farming and harvesting grains, then transforming them into bread. Bread historian William Rubel says that from the dawn of agriculture until recent times, bread has functioned as both a blessing and a curse. It has been the core of the human diet, sustaining civilization, and showing off the human capacity for creativity. But at the same time, it has required labor beyond what any of us who benefit from industrialized systems can fathom. Most of us will never comprehend the sweat and toil involved in planting, harvesting, threshing, and grinding wheat into flour, of kneading every batch of dough without the support of machinery, chopping wood and starting a fire to bake it into loaves, Given the pain my body felt after years of baking with lots of mechanical support, I cannot fathom the labor required for those who came before. In Genesis 3, this labor is a marker of the brokenness of creation. And yet, the resulting bread is also a marker of God's enduring love. Throughout Scripture, we catch glimpses of God offering bread as blessing without the weight of the curse. For instance, in the provision of manna in the desert, the Israelites were freed from the labor of planting and harvesting and grinding and kneading. They were merely called to trust and then to gather. We see this too in Jesus feeding the 5,000 with just five loaves. We see God's love made manifest in an offering of bread without the labor typically required. A sign that one day we will know a world that experiences love absent of pain. But in this season of Advent and in the coming season of Christmas, we are reminded that God showed love to us through labor as well, taking on human flesh and living within the brokenness of our world today. God was conceived in the womb of Mary. God grew and kicked in her belly. Mary sacrificed her own body, enduring the pangs of labor as an act of love towards God. And God, in the person of Jesus, sacrificed his own body as an act of love towards all of creation. God became flesh. God cried and God worked and God sweated. God felt pain. Then God in the person of Jesus offered his body to us as bread, a gift of love for which we did not have to labor or toil, a gift of love to upend the curse, to break the bonds of a groaning creation that demands our sweat and tears. A love that is valuable to us, not just in its ability to help us endure the present pain, but a love that exists for no other reason than the fact that God is love, that God created out of an abundance of love, and that God longs for us to experience the profound healing of true and deep and good love. It's a love that we feel and smell in a small way when we dig our hands through flour and feel the dough transform. When we extend our palms and receive the bread of communion. When we feel Christ's body dissolve on our tongues and settle into our bellies. During the final week of Advent, this is the kind of love that we remember. A love that looks the pain of creation head on and recognizes the painful labor of today. A love that groans with the pain of childbirth in anticipation of the sweet life to come. A love that aches with the pain of planting and harvesting and grinding and transforming flour, in anticipation of the fresh bread ahead. A love that labors in the knowledge that new and abundant life is on its way. This is the sort of love that makes our labor Worthwhile. This is the love that promises us one day the pain of labor will be no more. This is the love we celebrate today. May you sense just a glimpse of this depth of love in the days to come, whether from a pet or a parent, a child or a friend, or even just in the crumbs of your latest holiday bake. The love of God is greater still than tongue or pen can ever tell. We'll get to our kitchen tip in just a moment, but I want to take a quick break to tell you more about Edible Theology. Edible Theology is an educational media project helping you connect the communion table to the kitchen table. We offer Bible studies, bread baking workshops, and a digital community to help you meet God through food. If you're interested in digging further into the ways God shows love through bread, then you need to check out Bake with the Bible. This six-lesson curriculum examines the function of bread in the Gospels, as well as the role of bread throughout church history. Each lesson includes a scriptural meditation and a cultural historical lesson, as well as an activity, a reading recommendation, and a recipe. Choose from the children's version, designed for family use around the breakfast or dinner table, or the self-guided teen-adult version, complete with guided journaling pages. The program arrives as a digital download as soon as you complete your purchase, making it a great last-minute Christmas gift. Print it, bind it, and place it under the tree, or just send the digital file to the loved ones you won't get to see this year. Learn more about our Bake with the Bible study at edibletheology.com. Our kitchen tip today is for those of you who struggle to sense God's love or to believe that it is truly good news for you. God knows the difficulty of navigating life, and God understands that this kind of love is difficult to comprehend in our minds alone. Actually, I would say that God's love cannot be fully known in our minds alone. Instead, God intends for us to know the fullness of love in something as tangible as bread. Yes, the bread that we consume on Sunday morning, but also the bread that we consume throughout the week. If you were struggling to sense God's love right now, consider adding a weekly practice of baking a fresh loaf of bread. It might sound overwhelming at first, especially if you are new to making bread, but this does not have to be hard at all. One of the greatest aspects of bread is that much of the work takes place while the dough is at rest. Find a recipe that utilizes a no-knead technique with a small amount of yeast. This will give you lots of flexibility in your timing. I'll link some options for wheat bread and gluten-free bread in the show notes. Commit just two minutes as soon as you wake up to mix up the flour, yeast, and water, then set it aside for the day. If you were so busy that it feels impossible to add another thing into your schedule, then make the process as simple as you can. Use a big bowl, a spatula, mix it quickly, and you're done. If your life has the bandwidth for something a little bit slower, then take the time to mix with your bare hands. As you stir, pay attention to the feeling of the flower transforming in your fingers. Breathe slowly and deeply, and repeat the lines of our breath prayer today. The love of God is greater far than tongue or pen can ever tell. At the end of the day, return to your bread and pour the dough onto the counter. Marvel at the transformation that's taken place. A small glimpse of the transformative work of God in this world. Shape and bake the dough in whatever manner works best for you, whether in a loaf pan, on a baking sheet, or in a Dutch oven. It's okay if the loaf looks wonky, if the crust is dark or weirdly bubbled. It's okay if the resulting bread is something you would be ashamed to show on Instagram. The goal here is not perfection, but a tangible sign of God's love. Repeat this process one day each week, or more if you desire. If you'd like, you can take note of the shifts in the bread as you adjust the temperature or the length of fermentation. But don't feel any pressure to perfect your baking. It's not for every personality, and it's definitely not for every season of life. Over time, observe how the practice awakens your sense of God's nearness and God's love throughout the bread-making day. And now to close, a prayer for those who question God's love. Living bread, you know the pain of navigating life in a human body in this broken world. You know the ache of sore muscles after a hard day's work and the groaning of a belly hungry for food. You know the grief of loved ones that turn away and the sting of death, of life taken too soon. Yet you also know the love of a mother who sacrificed her own body to birth and feed and nurture you and you sacrificed your own body out of love for me and the whole of creation. Help me to know that love in every bite of bread, even when I struggle to believe that it is true. Help me sense your love on my tongue, in my belly, through the feel of flour transforming within my very hands. Your body, the bread, broken for me, to ease the pain of this broken world. Amen. Kitchen Meditations is brought to you by Edible Theology, where the communion table meets the dinner table. Learn more and sign up for our weekly newsletter at edibletheology.com. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at edibletheology. If you want to discuss this episode with other food-loving folks, then join our free community at community.edibletheology.com. We post discussion questions every Monday to keep the conversation going. A huge thank you to my assistant, Hannah Hargrave, and to our producers, Nick Thompson and Richard Clark at Area Code, who made this podcast possible. We would love it if you could rate and review us on iTunes, then share this episode with your friends. Your help ensures that others discover this podcast too.